0: But for those um, who don't know, my name is Rick. Um, I get to be the lead pastor here, and it feels like it's been forever since I've been here. Um, but I am so excited to be able to teach uh, God's Word. We're kicking off this brand new teaching series um, called WWJD, but we have inserted what would Jesus actually do? Now, if you've been in church world for any length of time, you're like, Rick, you really went way back, didn't you? Yeah, we went back about 33 years, actually, because you know where WWJD, the idea of of it on a bracelet came from students listen to me it came from teenagers like you I hope students listen our 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 church believes in you God does not have an age limit he wants you to understand and to know that he has a plan and a purpose for your life. And it was in the 90s in a youth group in Holland, Michigan, where some students and a youth later named Jane got together and she's like, how are you guys going to remember what, how to respond in the way that Jesus would respond when you're in your classroom, when you're in your middle school, in your high school? How are you guys going to remember that? And they came up with this idea. Idea of these bracelets. And not only did this idea spread throughout Holland, Michigan, it spread throughout Michigan. And, not, and it did not, Michigan couldn't contain it. It spread throughout the U.S. and it became a worldwide, literally a worldwide movement because of some students who were, who were committed to this idea of reminding themselves of what would Jesus do. Students, let me tell you, God wants to use you, and I hope that you'll hear that today if you don't hear anything else. So, this teaching series, um, here's what we're going to do. We're going to walk through the Gospel of John. We're going to be in the Gospel of John until Christmas time. We're going to shift gears around Thanksgiving as far as the way that we're looking at the Gospel of John. But we are asking all of us to, get, uh, to be on board with this. Here's the other thing that we're going to do. We, we want everyone, if you're in South County, um, you have a WWJD bracelet that, was, that, if it hasn't been, it will be given to you. If you're right here in the Cranston location, I hope that you pick one of these up and that you'll wear it, that you'll wear it until Christmas time. You're like, oh my gosh, what? Yes, (laughs) wear it. I know some of you aren't into bracelets and I typically am not, but I'm going to commit to wear it. I hope that you will commit to wear it. It will help you as you walk along. It will remind you of this. And if you, in fact, if you missed it, if you don't have one, lift your hand. If you're in this Cranston location, lift your hand up. The ushers will get you one right now. Just lift your hand up. Don't be shy. I'm going to continue on though. Here's what else that we're going to do. Um, we're, we have a reading plan. I'm so excited about this reading plan. This reading plan came from one of our very own in South County. In our South County location, Lori Converse has put together this reading plan for us. It's short. It's simple. It asks you to read a, just a, a short passage in in the Gospel of John, and asks a couple of reflective questions and for you to ask yourself the question, um, to apply it, like how am I going to live in my school? How am I going uh, to live in my workplace, in my home, in my neighborhood? Um, these are the type of reflective questions for that. Well, along with this reading plan, there, is, um, there are memory verses. We are Why? Because disciples, followers of Jesus memorize the scripture. That's the way of Jesus. And so You should have also received uh, your memory verses for the month of September. Um, If you didn't um, in South County, you have them right here in Cranston. You have them. If you are online, you can get the reading plan. You can get uh, the memory verses. It's all available to you digitally. So if you have the church app, that's the best way to access all of this. Just go under resources. That's where it will be. If you are on our church website, you can um, go to events. And you can access it under the events page there. We hope, whether you do it digitally or hard copy, that you will actually dive into this with us. But wait, there's more. Thank you, Dennis Mendes from last week. Um, Facebook, uh, Facebook group. Well, here's what we have Facebook group. This is a great way to interact one with the other. Here's a great way um, you go to, you find us on the Facebook page and then ask to join. Just ask to join the group and you'll automatically be put into this group where as you're going through your daily reading plan and those reflective questions, share with us what you are seeing, what you are learning so that we can learn from you. It's a great way. We would love to see and hear your feedback. So find us on Facebook and just ask to join the group. You will be put in that group and that way we can do this together. So Today, what we're going to do is the Gospel of John. And we're only going to look at four verses uh, today. And as we look at these uh, four verses, here's the big idea that I want us to think about. Your decision about who Jesus is makes all the difference in your relationship with God. Your decision... About who Jesus is makes all the difference in the relay in your relationship with God. And this 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 changes everything. So that we're going to dive into this in just a second. But first, the Gospel of John was written by the Apostle John. John writes as he is an eyewitness. He lived with Jesus. He hung out. He spent time. He was invited into Jesus' inner circle. And for three and a half years, he watched everything that Jesus did. John was there when they nailed Jesus to the cross. John was there on that third day at the resurrection. He was there. He, and he was there when Jesus did all these miraculous signs. And at some point, he sits down and he goes to write about these events. Why does he do this? I'm glad you asked. Because he tells us exactly why, but not in the chapter one. um, You have to look all the way to the end of his book to figure out why did he write this? And he tells us exactly. We don't have to speculate. We don't have to be confused about this. He's so clear in John chapter 20, in just these two verses. Here's what he said. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples. The reason why he says that is because John only talks about seven. John only talks about seven of of these signs or miracles that Jesus did. He did a whole lot more than that that but John was keyed in on seven of them and then he was keyed on in on who this person of Jesus is why he tells us why but these are written the the reason I have written this gospel of John these things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah the son of God and that by believing you may have life in his name that's why He wrote the Gospel of John because he wants you to believe. He wants you to have the kind of faith that he has. And he wants you to have the kind of life that he has in the very name of Jesus. So what this means is for the next two weeks... We're just going to be spending time on answering this question. We're not going to get so much into the WWJD yet. What we, what we have to answer is who is this Jesus? That where John says there's life in his name. What we're going to do for the next two weeks is do what they call in theology, we're going to just study Christology. That's what we're going to do. For two weeks, we're just going to look at this person of Jesus. Why? Because this, how you answer that question, makes all the difference in the world. It makes all the difference in your relationship with God. How you answer the question of who Jesus is really matters. Here's why it matters. Not everybody believes who Jesus is. Our Jehovah Witness friends, here's what they believe. They believe that Jesus is the Son of God, but not God. Big difference, and we're going to learn about this. Our Buddhist friends, uh, they believe that Jesus was a prophet, not the Son of God, not God. Our Mormon friends, Believe that all men and women ever to be born, including Jesus Christ, lived with God as His spirit children before this life. There's so much that could be said about this one statement, but let it be. Uh, let us pick up on the fact that they don't believe that He, that Jesus, really is um, God. And our Muslim friends. They think that Jesus is an amazing prophet, but not God. What do you believe? How you answer this question really does matter. And it's my hope, and it's my prayer, and it's our team's prayer that God is going to, for some of you, give you faith, and for others, strengthen your faith. It's our prayer that you're, now you're, uh, you're going to hear this and you're going to be like, hold it, what? Yes, here, watch this. We need to have faith like a spider web. Hold it, what? You're like, that's not very strong. Actually, that is very strong. Do you know anything about spider webs? I was listening to this podcast and this lady being interviewed, and uh, she writes children's curriculum, and she was talking about the strength of a spider web. And I'm like, hold it, what? And so I'm starting, like Googling spider webs and and science behind this. Do you know that science has been trying to figure out how, uh, how a spider makes its web so strong? Because pound for pound, It's stronger than steel, they tell us. Now, some of you may need to get ready to divert your eyes. I'm gonna put an image up here, okay? (laughs) Just warning you. Now, I'm warning you because you may be like my wife Zoe. (laughs) My wife Zoe, man, I mean, she can handle snakes around her neck and I'm like, oh, Satan, get behind me, right? She can handle mice, no problem. In fact, at the preschool, if there's a mouse, they call Zoe in and she takes care of it, okay? You get her near a spider and it's a whole nother world. Let me tell you, she called me once from Stop and Shop. She's in the parking lot uh, and she's like, Rick, you gotta come here right now. I'm like, what's wrong? She said, I can't even get in the car. I said, why? There's a spider in the car. I'm like, oh. I had to go to Stop and Shop and kill a spider. It was the craziest thing. <laughs> so divert your eyes. But there's no spider here, just the web, okay? Just the web. So, as you think about this spider web, what, here's what science tells us. Science tells us this. This is from the Institute of uh, 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 um, Molecular uh, Bioscience from the University of Queensland in Australia. Here's what they said The strongest silk, such as silk from a golden orb spider, is actually stronger than steel. Even more amazing, it is about 50 times as light see you know this is what science has been trying to do. Scientists have been trying to figure this out. How do they do this? A spider has seven to eight different glands inside of them that spin each one of these threads has different strengths, uh, different textures um, there 's some sticky silk in there. Why so, you know so that it can um, capture its prey and then the more it tangles up, right, um, it gets stuck so he can come and have lunch um, but <laughs> Notice the, notice the outside. No, well, let, me, let me share one more. This is from MIT, right here stateside, right? Here's what MIT said. Actually, spider silk is a bit like a cross between steel and rubber. Even with the help of complicated machines and chemicals, humans still don't know how to make material this strong, stretchy, and light. Spiders are still the champions at that. Why? Because it's God's created world, right? I mean, God created them like this and gave them this unique and special ability to do this. So here's a diagram, uh, um, how they, you know, have dissected one of these uh, spider webs and how each one of these strands, uh, uh, silk strands, has different uh, texture. You know, it's one of seven And I want us to notice the anchor, the anchor thread. Because it's the anchor thread that's so important here and that we need to have a faith like this. And this lady, as she was sharing, she writes a children's curriculum for churches. And her hope and her prayer is as that she can instill in children through the curriculum a spiderweb type of faith. That's strong as steel, but rubbery. And here's what we mean by this. Here's why it needs to be rubbery. Because you have come across a life situation that did not make sense to you. And it made you question, God, where are you in this situation? You've seen the natural disasters that's happened and we all are asking, but God, you could have. We see the suffering, right? And we don't understand it. It can be confusing. But we need a faith that is anchor strong as still, yet rubbery, flexible when we bump up against those kinds of things. And it can flex, but still hold on. Because God really is who he says he is. And he'll do everything that he said that he will do. So, it's my prayer that your faith will be strengthened over the, uh, the journey of going through the Gospel of John. And here, in the Gospel of John, in the first chapter, in the very first verse, you're going to come across this word, um, word. And this is Jesus. When we read this in just a minute, When we read the first four verses, just think Jesus. What John, the apostle of June, is personifying. He's he's making a, a personification of the person of Jesus. So every time you hear a word, you can just substitute Jesus because that's what it means. And how we know this is because in the the language that he was speaking, this idea of logos, that that was his, you know, the original language. It it, it has this meaning of speech or message, but he's tying into the Hebrew word, which is tabar, which means word, translated word, just like the Greek is translated word. And the very first time that we see this used is in the creation story when God chooses to reveal himself through creation as word. This is so important. We'll get there in just a second. So first, let's do Gospel of John, verse number one. In the beginning, the word, Jesus, already existed. Hold it, what? No, I thought he was born in Bethlehem. No, he already existed in the beginning. uh, The word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed with God. uh, He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. So that's just verse three, up through verse three. Let's go back to verse one. In the beginning, the word. The way the NLT has translated this is they added uh, these words um, already existed. That the word was already existed. Why? Because in the original language, this is really how it's more uh, accurately laid out. It's just hard to put it that way. And so what John wants us to understand is that Jesus had already existed from the very beginning. That he, that he was with God, and that he was God, and that he, verse 2, and that he existed in the beginning with God. What John is showing us, that there's this relationship happening between Jesus and God. And this is where the idea of Trinity comes from. You'll never find the word Trinity in the Bible, You'll not find that word. We created that word to capture the idea that is in the Bible like we find in John 1. Trinity means Godhead, that God as one, but in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You say, well, how can that be? Every analogy breaks down somewhere, but here we go. I am Rick Moore, son to Margie and Ron Moore. I am Rick Moore, husband to Zoe. And I am Rick Moore, father. father. Thank you. Almost forgot. Father to Ashley, Ryan, Jonathan, and Katie May. Same person, still Rick Moore, I'm father. Still Rick Moore, I'm still husband. Still Rick Moore, but I'm, I, I am son. Now, here's where it breaks down God is still God. Outside of being Jesus, but he's still God. And I don't know how that works. Don't ask me. But we, that's where my faith is flexible, okay? I'm de- my, it's anchored. Um, it's, the, the truth is there. I'm just anchored on tight. And I'm going to bend with that. But there's relationship. The apostle is showing us this relationship. Relationship is so important because God exists in relationship with God the Son, God the Father, and God the Holy Spirit. He exists in this type of relationship they operate in a relationship as 3 and 1 so in the beginning back to the text in the beginning for those of jewish and that jewish audience that were hearing this because there were gentiles people who aren't jewish for those who were hearing this in the beginning oh my gosh all kinds of alarm bells are going off in their head there as they are reading this and hearing this they're saying john is saying that Jesus. Jesus was actually in creation. Yes. That's why he's doing this. Because the creation story is so in the forefront of their mind. And remember in the creation story in Genesis 1, in the beginning... And here John's starting it out in the beginning. So this is this correlation that John is trying to get them to see that Jesus, you know, for Jesus, no, he was there at the beginning, even in creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and God created everything uh, through him back in our text. Back in the text in verse 3, God created everything through him, meaning Jesus. So God created everything through Jesus and nothing was created except through Jesus. God created, now back to the Genesis story. God created, or we could say Jesus created man in his own image. He created him, Jesus created man in the image of God. He created them male and female. So there's two things going on here. The two things is that you have the imago Dei, that you have the image of God. Every person has the image of God stamped inside of them. Doesn't matter who they are. We all are God's creation, every male and female, because that's why he created two genders. He created male and he created female. And look what he does in verse 31. And God saw all that he had made, all you know, his creation. His uh, he created male. That's good. He created female. That's good. He created them in the image of God. He says, "This is very good." All that he created. Why? Because there was this relationship that was happening. Between creation and man. There was this relationship that was happening between um, God and and man and woman. There was this fellowship that they had. There were, in this creation, there were uh, no hornets that would sting you. There were no thorns or thistles. None of that came into creation until the fall of man. But see, what happened was man and woman broke fellowship. They broke relationship with God in this creation story, in the beginning. They broke it somewhere along the line. We don't know how long, but somewhere along the line, they broke relationship with God. And God knew it. And probably just like normal, look what happens if we, if we slide to the creation story to chapter 3. And then the man, this is after they chose to disobey, after they chose to break relationship with God, after they chose not to believe who God was and what he said. Then man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze. Like this is normal. This is what they did. They normally walked in relationship one with the other. But not this time. Why? Because they broke fellowship. Sin had entered into the world. And this time they hid. But they hid from the Lord. And there, they're hiding and God is coming down to search, to look. He knows what's happened. And here's what he says. So the Lord God called out to the man and he said to him, where are you? You're not at the place where we normally fellowship. You're not at the place where we normally connect and have relationship. Where are you? He didn't ask that for himself. He knew right where they were. So the question for you today is, where are you in relationship with God? South County, where are you in relationship with God? Those who join online, where are you in relationship with God? John, back in our text, John says this, the word gave life to everything that was created. That's the creation process. But then John takes it a step further. And John says, his life, Jesus' life, brought light to everyone. This is after the cross. Where are you? Is Jesus' life Do you have new life? He's brought light. He wants to bring light into your life. He wants to restore relationship with you. See, this is why we started out by saying this. Your decision about who Jesus is makes all the difference in your relationship with God. Where are you in relationship with God? Have you ever had one? Have you ever put your faith in the person of Jesus so that you could be restored? Or is you've had, you've had relationship, but it's broken. You've allowed sin to enter in. And what you need is just to reach out and ask God for forgiveness, to restore, so you can walk with Him once again. We're going to pick up the rest of this passage next week for today. Our first next step says this. I am a sinner and need a restored relationship with God today. I believe and accept Jesus Christ as my Savior. I mean, this is it, man. Maybe, maybe it finally, like, clicked for you. Because this is what happens to so many of us. It's, it's just like, finally, it just, like, clicks. The light turns on for you. And you understand, oh, this is who Jesus is. This is why he came. If this is where you find yourself today then would you let us know that on that connection card? On that connection card, on step one, I want everybody in Cranston location, take out that connection card. Whether you fill it out or not, humor me. Everybody lean forward, pull it out, pull it back into your, you know, pretend you can lie. You know, we're in church, lie. I don't care. Uh, just uh, write, write on the connection card, right? Um, if, you're, if this is where you're at, then put, a check one. You know, step one, man, I want to believe. You know, you're just going gonna to step out. I, I do. In fact, I'm just going to tell God right now in my seat, God, I believe <laughs> and I receive you as my Savior. You can do that. There's no, there's no magic you know, formula that you have to do. It's about your faith and where you're placing your faith. If you're online, there's a link for the connection card. If you're in South County, there's a connection card there for you. Let us know because we, we really want to pray for you. The other next step says this, I desire to grow and strengthen my faith in Jesus by studying what Jesus actually did and then asking myself, am I living like Jesus? So this is like, you're going to read through the gospel of John. You're going to take that reading plan or maybe you're just going to read it on your own. We don't care how you do this. We just want you to read through the gospel of John. But as you read through the Gospel of John, you're going to like study the Gospel of John. You're going to take time to reflect and ask the question, whoa, does my life actually align to where Jesus, how Jesus actually lived his life? Not the way that you thought he lived or think that he lives, but the way that he actually lived his life. Will you do that with that reading plan? I hope that you will. Let us know. Let us know that you're in. Let us know that you're committed. And we're going to pray for you and that God will show up in this time of your life journey like he has never had. No matter if you've been following Jesus for 30 years or whether you have been uh, following Jesus for three days. We're going to ask Jesus to show up like never before. Let us know. The last next step says this. Pray for me as I continue to search and understand who is This Jesus, you're still on the search. And here's what I want to say, keep on searching. Will you keep on searching? If you're not for sure, you still have lots of questions. Let us pray for you as you are searching. Here's why, because God's word tells us that if you'll seek me, you'll find me. Don't give up seeking him. We're going to pray that God makes it so clear to you over this time, but by Christmas time that it's going to be like, "Oh my gosh, life transformation because that's what He does. We want to pray for you in this way. no matter again, no matter where you are if you're online South County right here, let us know with these connection cards if you're here in Cranston location, drop them off in the offering boxes on your way out so that our team can be praying for you. Mm.